Hi, welcome to Bible in a Year. Um, in this series, I'm going to talk through the Bible in a Year, going from cover to cover, from Genesis through to Revelation, and we do it in a chronological manner. There are many different approaches to reading through the Bible in one year. All have merit, but I have decided to do the chronological one, which is probably the most intriguing and fascinating. It follows the events of Scripture as they happened, and this is why I'm recording it in an audio version. Sometimes when we put it up, and you can look up on Twitter, uh, my own Twitter, which is Twitter at Johnny Fraz, J-O-N-N-Y-F-R-A-Z, gives the Bible in a year every day, and you can follow it there. But sometimes, because it's chronological, you can end up jumping about quite a lot, which is quite hard to do if your time is short, if you're travelling to work, if you're at home and the kids are going mental, some of it all is very hard to do in that sense and so what I decided to do is do it in an audio version so you can listen along. You don't have to, you can follow along in your Bible if you want to, you can read it with me or you can simply just read through it and have me read it to you. Um, just as, a, as an example of that, the very first day when we get into it, you start out, you would think in Genesis, well no, you start out in John 1 and do verses 1 to 2, then you go to Psalm 90 verse 2 then you come back into Genesis 1 verse 1, then you go to Isaiah 14, then you go to Ezekiel 28. And so there's quite a lot of, of jumping around. That is a chronological version. We're not simply going through the books and verses as they are in the Bible. We're going through essentially a timeline of what has happened in the Bible. And so we start off in creation and we start off in all the verses and things that have happened in the Bible. That is the merit of a chronological, you get the timeline of everything that's happened. But the downside is that yes, you end up jumping about quite a lot. Um, also, what I can do for you, if you would like, you can send me an email. Um, you can send that through the website or, or other ways. Uh, and I can send you some resources. I can send you timelines of what will happen. And so you can see where we're going through and where we're journeying. I can also send some details of the books that we're reading from uh, and I can also send some details of why we do it. If you'd be interested in those, just get in touch with me. Uh, also, just as a little disclaimer, excuse me, I, I'm not doing this in a formal way in a recording studio of any of that. My apologies if any of the sound qualities aren't of a professional standard. I'm not doing it in that way. And so also apologies if I drink my cup of tea while I'm doing it. If I say names completely wrong, um, I probably won't correct myself and spend the time going back over editing things. And so there probably are lots of names that will be wrong or that, that you don't think are right. There'll probably be lots of names that I'll take two or three attempts at. There'll also maybe be some random comments. Uh, but hopefully that'll add to the experience and that'll it will make you feel less that I'm talking to you and more that we're having this conversation and I'm reading to you. Um, but hopefully you find this a productive time. Hopefully you enjoy this experience uh, and hopefully you can join in this year with us as we read through the Bible in a year. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bible in a year, day one. John chapter one, verses one to two. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Psalm 90 verse 2 Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 17. Shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations, you have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly, in the remotest parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you will be brought down to Sheol, into the deepest regions of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you. They will look closely at you. Is this the man who caused the earth to tremble, who shook the kingdoms, who turned the world into a wilderness, who trampled its cities? Ezekiel 28, 13, 19 You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every kind of precious stone covered you, carnelian, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald. Your mountings and settings were crafted in gold. They were prepared on the day you were created. You were an anointed guardian cherub, for I had appointed you. You were in the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. From the day you were created, you were blameless in your ways, until wickedness was found in you. Through the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I expelled you in disgrace from the mountain of God and banished you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud because of your beauty, for the sake of your splendour, so you, you corrupted your wisdom. So I threw you down to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. You profaned your sanctuaries by the magnitude of your iniquities in your dishonest trade. So I sent out fire from within you, and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of everyone watching you. All those who know you among the nations are appalled at you. You have become an object of horror and will never exist again. Genesis 1-2 Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. Isaiah 45-18 For this is what the Lord says. God is the creator of the heavens. He formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Genesis 2 verse 4 These are the records of the heavens and the earth concerning their creation at the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Genesis 1, 2-8 And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Evening came, and then morning, the first day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came, and then morning, the second day. Genesis 2, 5-6 No shrub of the field had yet grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not made it rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. But water would come out of the ground and water the entire surface of the land. Genesis 1, 9-13 Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, 
and he called the gathering of the water seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and fruit trees, and the earth bearing fruit with seed in them, according to their kinds. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the third day. Genesis one fourteen to 26 Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for festivals and for days and years. They will be the lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to have dominion over the day and the lesser light to have dominion over the night as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to dominate the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and then morning, the fourth day. Then God said, Let the water swarm with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So God blessed them. Be fruitful, fruitful, multiply and fill the waters of the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came, and then morning, the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. Genesis 2 verse 7 Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the life the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Genesis 5 verse 1 These are the records of the descendants of Adam. On the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Genesis 2.18-25 then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is like him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground each, each wild animal and each bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky and to every wild animal. But for the man no helper was found who was like him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib that he had taken from the man into a woman, and brought her to the man. And the man said, This one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why man leaves his mother and father and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. Genesis 5 verse 2, the names are given. 
He created them male and female. When they were created, he blessed them and called them man. Genesis 3.20 Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Genesis 1.28-30 God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This food will be for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky and for every creature that crawls in the earth, everything having the breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. Genesis one thirty one, God saw the all that he had made, and it was very good. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. Genesis 2, starting at verse 1. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. John chapter 1, verse 3. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. Genesis 2, 2-3. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. Exodus 20 verse 11 For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Genesis 2, 8-17 The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused out to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the midst of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out from Eden to water the garden. From there it divided and became the source of four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon, which encircles the entire land of the Havilah, where there is gold. Gold from that land is pure. Bedelium and Onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon, which encircles the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows to the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you certainly will die. That is the end of day one. Bible in a year, day two. Genesis 3, 1-7. The temptation and fall. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden... God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was also desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Genesis 3, 8-19, God's judgment and curse. 
Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Then the man replied, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, It was the serpent, he deceived me and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move in your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He said to the woman, I will intensify your labour pains. You will bear children in anguish. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will dominate you. And he said to Adam, Because you listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labour all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it. For you are dust, and you will return to dust. Genesis three twenty one to 24 the expulsion from Eden. The Lord God made clothing out of skins for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God said, Since man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove man out and east of the Garden of Eden. He stationed cherubim with a flaming whirling sword to guard the way to the tree of life. Genesis 4, 1-15, the story of Cain and Abel. Adam knew his wife Eve intimately and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. Then she also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of the flock, but Cain cultivated the land. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented out an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you furious, and why are you downcast? If you do right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's guardian? Then he said, What have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed with alienation from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood you have shed. If you work the land, it will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. But Cain answered the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Since you are banishing me today from the soil and I must hide myself from your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth, whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord replied to him, In that case, whoever kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And he placed a mark on Cain so that whoever found him would not kill him.
First Chronicles 1 verse 1, Seth and his descendants, Adam, Seth, Enosh. Genesis 4 25, Adam knew his wife intimately again and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has given me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Genesis 5 verse 3, Adam was 130 years old when he fathered a child in his likeness according to his image and named him Seth. Genesis 4.26 A son was born to Seth also and he named him Enosh. At that time people began to call on the name of the Lord. Genesis 5 verse 6 Seth was 105 years old when he fathered Enosh. Genesis 5 verse 9 Enosh was 90 years old when he fathered Kenan. 1 Chronicles 1 verse 2 Kenan Mahalalel Jared. Genesis 5 verse 12 Kenan was 70 years old when he fathered Mahalalel, Genesis 5.15, Mahalalel was 65 years old when he fathered Jared. Genesis 5.18, Jared was 162 years old when he fathered Enoch. Genesis 4.16-24, Cain and his descendants. Then Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife intimately and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain became... Cain became the builder of a city, and he named the city Enoch after his son. Erad was born to Enoch. Erad fathered Mehujal. Mehujal fathered Mehushahil, and Mehushahil fathered Lamech. Lamech took two wives for himself, one named Ada and the other named Zehal. Ada had bore Jabal. He was the father of the nomadic herdsmen. His brother was named Jubal. He was the father of all who played the lyre and the flute. Zillah bore Jubalcain, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. Jubalcain's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, pay attention to my words. For I killed a man for wounding me, a boy for striking me. If Cain is to be avenged seven times over, then for Lamech it will be seventy times seven. First Chronicles 1 verse 3, Adam's descendants continued. Enoch Mehuselah Lamech. Genesis 5 21. Enoch was, 20, was 65 years old when he fathered Mehuselah. Genesis 5 25. Mehuselah was 187 years old when he fathered Lamech. Genesis 5 45. Adam lived 800 years, years, 800 years after the birth of Seth and he fathered sons and daughters. So Adam's life lasted 930 years, then he died. Genesis 5, 22-24 After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and fathered sons and daughters. So Enoch's life lasted 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not there because God took him. Genesis 5:78. Seth lived 807 years after the birth of Enoch. And he fathered sons and daughters, so Seth's life lasted 912 years, then he died. Genesis 5, 28-29 Lamech was 182 years old when he fathered a son, and he named him Noah, saying, This one will bring us relief from the agonising labour of our hands, caused by the ground of the Lord has cursed. Genesis 5, 10-11 Enosh lived 815 years after the birth of Kenan, and he fathered sons and daughters, so Enosh's life lasted 905 years, then he died. 
Genesis 5:13 to 14. Canaan lived 840 years after the birth of Mahalalel, and he fathered sons and daughters. So Canaan's life lasted 910 years, then he died. Genesis 5:16-17. Mahalalel lived 830 years after the birth of Jared, and he fathered sons and daughters. So Mahalalel's life lasted 895 years, then he died. Genesis 5:19-20. Jared lived 800 years after the birth of Enoch, and he fathered sons and daughters. So Jared's life lasted 962 years, then he died. Remember all those names. The end of day two. Bible in a year, day three. Genesis 6, 1-7. When mankind began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were beautiful, and they took any they chose as wives for themselves. And the Lord said, My spirit will not remain with mankind forever, because they are corrupt. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth both in those days and afterwards, when the sons of God came to the daughters of man who bore children to them. They were powerful men of old, the famous men. When the Lord saw that man's wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every scheme his mind thought of was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Then the Lord said, I will wipe off the face of the earth man whom I created, together with the animals, creatures that crawl on birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Genesis 6, 11-12 Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for all flesh had corrupted its way on the earth. Genesis 6, 6 verse 8 Noah, however, found favour in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis six thirteen to 21 Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Therefore I am going to destroy them along with all the earth. Make yourself an arf, an arf? <laughs> Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet high and 45 feet high. 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. You are to make a roof finishing the sides of the ark within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door in the side of the ark. Make it with lower, middle and upper decks. Understand that I am bringing a deluge, floodwaters on the earth to destroy all flesh under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife and your sons' wives. You are also to bring into the ark two of every living thing of all flesh, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of everything from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from every animal that crawls in the ground according to its kind, will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten, gather it as food for you and for them. Genesis 5.32 Noah was 500 years old and he fathered Shem, Ham and Jephthah. Genesis 6, 9-10 These are the family records of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God, and Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. First Chronicles 1 verse 4, Noah, Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Genesis 5, 30-31, Death of Lamech. Lamech lived 595 years after Noah's birth, and he fathered sons and daughters. 
So Lamech's life lasted 777 years, then he died. The death of Methuselah, Genesis 6, 5, 26-27. Methuselah lived 782 years after the birth of Lamech, and he fathered sons and daughters. So Methuselah's life lasted 969 years, then he died. Genesis 6, 22, entering the ark. And Noah did this. He did everything that God commanded him. Genesis 7, 1-7, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. You are to take with you seven pairs, a male and its female, of all the clean animals, and two of the animals that are not clean, a male and its female, and seven pairs, male and female, of the birds of the sky, in order to keep offspring alive on the face of the whole earth. Seven days from now I will make it rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe off the face of the earth every living thing I have made. And Noah did everything that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the deluge came and water covered the earth. So Noah, his sons, his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark because of the waters of the deluge. From the clean animals, unclean animals, birds and every creature that crawls in the ground, two of each, male and female, entered the ark with Noah just as God had commanded him. Seven days later the waters of the deluge came on the earth in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the sources of the watery depths burst open, the floodgates of the sky were opened, and the rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that same day Noah, along with his sons Shem, Ham and Japheth, Noah's wife and his three sons' wives, entered the ark with him. They entered it with all the livestock, wildlife according to their kinds, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that crawls on the earth according to its kind, all birds, every fowl, and everything with wings according to their kinds. Two of all flesh that has the breath of life in it entered the ark with Noah. Those that entered male and female of all flesh entered just as God had commanded him. Then the Lord shut him in. The deluge continued forty days on the earth. The waters increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water surged and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. Then the water surged even higher on the earth, and all the high mountains under the whole sky were covered. The mountains were covered as the water surged above them more than twenty feet. All flesh perished, creatures that crawl on the earth, birds, livestock, wildlife, and all creatures that swarm on the earth, as well as all mankind. Everything with the breath of the spirit of life in its nostrils. Everything in dry land died. He wiped out every living thing that was on the surface of the ground, from mankind to livestock, to creatures that crawled, to the birds of the sky, and they were wiped off the earth. Only Noah was left, and those that were with him in the ark, and the water surged in the earth 150 days. Genesis 8, 1-22 God remembered Noah, as well as all the wildlife and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water began to subside. The sources of the watery depths and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky stopped. The water steadily receded from the earth, and by the end of 150 days, the water had decreased significantly. The ark came to rest in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, in the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were visible. After forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and he sent out a raven. 
it came, went back and forth until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see whether the water on the earth's surface had gone down. But the dove found no resting place for her foot. She returned to him in the ark because water covered the surface of the whole earth. He reached out and brought her into the ark to himself. So Noah waited seven more days and sent out the dove from the ark again. When the dove came to him at evening, there was a plucked olive leaf in her beak. So knew, Noah knew that the water on the earth's surface had gone down. After he had waited another seven days, he sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. In the 601st year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the water that had covered the earth was dried up. Then Noah removed the ark's cover and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, Come out of the ark, you, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Bring out every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds, livestock, creatures that crawl on the ground, and they will spread over the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah, along with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives, came out. All wildlife, all livestock, every bird, and every creature that crawls on the earth came out of the ark by their groups. Then Noah built an ark to the Lord. He took some of every kind of clean animal and every kind of clean bird and offered burnt offerings in the altar. When the Lord smelled of pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man, even though man's inclination is evil from his youth. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. Genesis 9, 1-17 God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear and terror of you will be in every living creature in the earth, every bird of the sky, every creature that crawls in the ground, and all the fish of the sea. They are placed under your authority. Every living creature will be food for you, as I gave the green plants, I have given you everything. However, you must not eat meat with its lifeblood on it. I will require the life of every animal and every man for your life and your blood. I will require the life of each man's brother for a man's life. Whoever sheds man's blood, his blood will be shed by man, for God made man in his image. But you, be fruitful and multiply, spread out over the earth and multiply on it. Then God said to Noah and his sons with them, Understand that I am confirming my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, birds, livestock, and all wildlife of the earth that are with you, all the animals of the earth that came out of the ark. I confirm my covenant with you that never again will all flesh be wiped out by the waters of a deluge. There will never again be a deluge to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all future generations. I have placed my bow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I form clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. Water will never again become a deluge to destroy all flesh. The bow will be in the clouds and I will look at it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh on earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have confirmed between me and all flesh on earth. End of day three. Day four. Genesis 9, 18. Noah's sons who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham and Japheth. 
Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were Noah's sons, and from them the whole earth was populated. Genesis 10, 1-32 These are the family records of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They also had sons after the deluge. Japheth's sons, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshesh, and Tiras. Gomer's sons, Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togormah, and Javan's sons, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. The coastland people spread out into their lands. These are Japheth's sons by their clans and their nations. Each group had its own language. Ham's sons, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. Cush's sons, Seba, Havilah, Sabbath, Ramah, and Sabtika. And Rabab's sons, Sheba and Dedan. Cush fathered Nimrod, who was the most par- first powerful man on earth. He was a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. His kingdom started with Babylon, Erech, Akkad, Kalna, in the land of Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehobothir, Kala, and Rezin, between Nineveh and the great city Kala. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Naphtulim, Pathrushim, Kalushim, the Philistines came from them, and Katorim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girashites, the Hivites, the Kirkites, and the Sinites, the Arvadites, the Zemurites, and the Hamathites. Afterwards, the Canaanite clans scattered. The Canaanite border went from Sidon, going towards Gera, as far as Gaza, and going towards Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim, as far as Lashah. These are Ham's sons by their clans, according to their languages, in their own land and their nations. And Shem, Japheth's older brother, also had children. Shem was the father of the children of Eber. Shem's sons were Elam, Ashur, Arpashad, Lud, and Aram. Aram's sons, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arpashad fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Eber. Eber had two sons. One was named Peleg, for during his days the earth was divided. His brother was Joktan, and Joktan fathered Amadad, Shepelah, Hajmaraveth, Jera, Hadoram, Uzah, Dikla, Obal, Abamel, Sheba, Ophir, Havali, and Jubab. All these were Jotan's sons. Their settlements extended from Mesha to Seper, the eastern hill country. These are Shem's sons by their clans, according to their languages, in their lands and their nations. These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their family records, in their nations. The nations on earth spread out from these after the flood. And through them all again, in First Chronicles 1, 5-27. Japheth's sons, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Dubal, Meshech, and Tiras. Gomer's sons, Ashkenaz, Rifta, and Togrimah. Javan's sons, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodanim. Ham's sons, Cush, Mizrim, Put, and Canaan. Cush's sons, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabatechta. Rama's sons, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush fathered Nimrod, who was the first to become a great warrior on earth. Mizrim fathered Ludim, 
Amamim, Lehabim, Nathuhim, Pathrusim, Kalashim, the Philistines came from then, and Katorim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, the Jebusites, Amorites, Gerashites, Levites, sorry, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvadites, Zemorites, and Hamathites. Shem's sons Elam, Ashur, Arpachshad, Lumd, Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arpachshad fathered Shila, and Shila fathered Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. One of them was named Peleg, because the earth was divided during his lifetime, and the name of his brother was Joktan. Joktan fathered Amudad, Shilef, Hazarmetheth, Jerath, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Abel, Abimel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All of these were Joktan's sons. Shem, Arpachshad, Shila, Eber, Peleg, Reu, Seru, Nahor, Terah, and Abram. That is Abraham. Genesis 9, 20. Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine, became drunk, and uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a cloak and placed it over both their shoulders, and walking backwards, they covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his drinking and learned that what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Canaan will be cursed. He will be the lowest of slaves to his brothers. He also said, Praise the Lord, the God of Shem. Canaan will be his slave. God will extend, extend Japheth. He will dwell in the tents of Shem. Canaan will be his slave. Now, Loa, Loa? Now Loa. Noah lived 350 years after the flood, so Noah's life lasted 950 years, then he died. Genesis 11, 1 30. The Tower of Babel. At one time, the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make oven fired bricks. They had brick for stone and asphalt for mortar, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people all having the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name is called Babylon. For there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. These are the family records of Shem. Brilliant. Shem lived a hundred years and fathered Ashpashad two years after the deluge. After he fathered Ashpashad, Shem lived five hundred years and fathered other sons and daughters. Ashpashad lived thirty-five years and fathered Sheila. After he fathered Sheila, Achpashad lived 403 years and fathered other sons and daughters. Sheila lived 30 years and fathered Eber. After he fathered Eber, Sheila lived 403 years and fathered other sons and daughters. 
Eber lived 34 years and fathered Peleg. After he fathered Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and fathered other sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and fathered Reu. After he fathered Reu, Peleg lived 209 years and fathered other sons and daughters. Reu lived 32 years and fathered Serug. After he fathered Serug, Reu lived 207 years and fathered other sons and daughters. Serug lived 30 years and fathered Nahor. After he fathered Nahor, Serug lived 200 years and fathered other sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and fathered Terah. After he fathered Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and fathered other sons and daughters. Terah lived 70 years and fathered Abraham, Abraham, Nahor and Haran. These are the family records of Terah. Terah fathered Abraham, Nahor and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans during his father Terah's lifetime. Abraham and Nahor took wives. Abraham's wife was named Sarah, and Nahor's wife was named Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Ishkah. Sarah was barren. She had no child. And after all those names, we end day four. Bible in a year, day five, starting at Job 1, verse 1 to 6, verse 30. And so with the chronological version, we go on to Job now for the next few weeks or days. Uh, Job chapter 1. There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of perfect integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to have banquets each at his own house in turn. They would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Whenever a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them, rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. For Job thought, perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord asked Satan, Where have you come from? From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands and have possessions have spread out in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns and he will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord told Satan. Everything he owns is in your power. However, you must not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan went out from the Lord's presence. One day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, While the oxen were ploughing and the donkeys grazing nearby, the Sabians swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, A lightning storm struck from heaven It burned up the sheep and the servants and devoured them and I alone have escaped to tell you. That messenger was still speaking when yet another came and reported, The Chaldeans formed three bands, made a raid on the camels and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. 
He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed and the young people, so they all died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job stood up, tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Praise the name of the Lord. Throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for everything. One day the sons of God came again to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord asked Satan, Where have you come from? From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. He still retains his integrity, even though you incited me against him to destroy him without just cause. Skin for skin, Satan answered the Lord. A man will give up everything he owns in exchange for his own life. But stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and you will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord told Satan. He is in your power, only spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence and infected Job with incurable boils from the sole of his foot to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery to scrape himself while he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. You speak as a foolish woman speaks, he told her. Should we accept only good from God and not adversity? Throughout all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Now when Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namahite, heard about all of this adversity that had happened to him, each of them came from his home. They met together to go and offer sympathy and comfort to him. When they looked from a distance, they could barely recognise him. They wept aloud and each man tore his robe and threw dust into the air and onto his head. Then they sat on the ground with him seven days and nights, but no one spoke a word to him because they saw that his suffering was very intense. After this, Job began to speak and cursed the day he was born. He said, May the day I was born perish, and the night when they said a boy is conceived. If only that day had turned to darkness. May God above not care about it all, or light shine on it. May darkness and gloom reclaim it and a cloud settle over it. May an eclipse of the sun terrify it. If only darkness had taken that night away, may it not appear among the days of the year or be listed in the calendar. Yes, may that night be barren. May no joyful shout be heard in it. Let those who curse certain days cast a spell on it. Those who are skilled in rising Leviathan. May its morning stars grow dark. May it wait for daylight but have none. May it not see the breaking of dawn. For that night did not shut the doors of my mother's womb and hide sorrow from my eyes. Why was I not stillborn? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Why did the knees receive me? And why were there breaths for me to nurse? For then I would have laid down in peace. I would be asleep. Then I would be at rest with the kings and counsellors of the earth, who rebuilt ruined cities for themselves, or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden like a miscarried child, like infants who never see daylight? There the wicked cease to make trouble, and there the weary find rest. The captives are completely at ease. They do not hear the voice of their oppressor. Both the small and the great are there, and the slave is set free from his master.
Why is light given to one burdened with grief, and life to those whose existence is bitter, who wait for death but it does not come, and search for it more than for hidden treasure, who are filled with much joy and are glad when they reach the grave? Why is life given to a man whose path is hidden, whom God has hedged in? I sigh when food is put before me and my groans pour out like water, for the thing I feared has overtaken me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I cannot relax or be still. I have no rest, for trouble comes. And Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Should anyone try to speak with you when you are exhausted? Yet who can keep from speaking? Look, you have instructed many and have strengthened weak hands. Your words have steadied the one who was stumbling and braced the knees that were buckling. But now that this has happened to you, you have become exhausted. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Isn't your piety, your confidence and the integrity of your life your hope? Consider who has perished when he was innocent. Where have the honest been destroyed? In my experience, those who plough injustice and those who sow trouble reap the same. They perish at a single blast from God and come to an end by the breath of his nostrils. The lion may roar and the fierce lion growl, but the fangs of young lions are broken. The strong lion dies if it catches no prey and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. A word was brought to me in secret. My ears caught a whisper of it. Among unsettling thoughts from visions in the night when deep sleep descends on men, fear and trembling came over me and made all my bones shake. A wind passed by me and I shuddered with fear. A figure stood there but I could not recognise its appearance. A form loomed before my eyes. I heard a quiet voice. Can a person be more righteous than God? Or a man more pure than his maker? If God puts no trust in his servants and he charges his angels with foolishness, how much more those who dwell in clay houses, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed like a moth. They are smashed to pieces from dawn to dusk. They perish forever while no one notices. Are their tent cords not pulled up? They die without wisdom. Call out if you please. Will anyone answer you? Which of the holy ones will you turn to? For anger kills a fool and jealousy slays the gullible. I have seen a fool taking root, but I immediately pronounced a curse in his home. His children are far from safety. They are crushed at the city gate with no one to defend them. The hungry consume his harvest, even taking it out of the thorns. The thirsty pant for the children's wealth. For distress does not grow out of the soil, and trouble does not sprout from the ground. But mankind is born for trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. However, if I were you, I would appeal to God and would present my case to him. He does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. He gives rain to the earth and sends water to the fields. He sets the lowly on high and mourners are lifted to safety. He frustrates the schemes of the crafty so that they achieve no success. He traps the wise in their craftiness so that the plans of the deceptive are quickly brought to an end. They encounter darkness by day and they grope at noon as if it were night. He saves the needy from their sharp words and from the clutches of the powerful. So the poor have hope and injustice shuts its mouth. See how happy the man is God corrects. So do not reject the discipline of the Almighty. For he crushes but also binds up. He strikes but he also heals with his hand. He will rescue you from six calamities. No harm will touch you in seven. In famine he will redeem you from death and in battle from the power of the sword. You will be safe from slander and not fear destruction when it comes. You will laugh at destruction and hunger and not fear the animals of the earth. 
for you will have a covenant with the stones of the field and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure and nothing will be missing when you inspect your home. You will also know that your offspring will be many and your descendants like the grass of the earth. You will approach the grave in full vigour as a stack of sheaves is gathered in its season. We have investigated this and it is true. Hear it and understand for yourself. Then Job answered, If only my grief could be weighed and my devastation placed with a scale on it, for then it would outweigh the sand of the seas. This is why my words are rash. Surely the arrows of the Almighty have pierced me. My spirit drinks their poison. God's terrors are arrayed against me. Does a wild drunk bray over fresh grass or an ox low over its fodder? Is bland food even eaten without salt? Is there flavour in an egg white? I refuse to touch them there like contaminated food. If only my request would be granted and God would provide what I hope for, that he would decide to crush me, to unleash his power and cut me off. It would still bring me comfort and I would leap for joy and unrelenting pain that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. What strength do I have that I should continue to hope? What is my future that I should be patient? Is my strength that of stone or my flesh made of bronze? Since I cannot help myself, the hope for success has been banished from me. A despairing man should receive loyalty from his friends even if he abandons the fear of the Almighty. My brothers are as treacherous as a wadi, as seasonal streams that overflow and become darkened because of ice and the snow melts into them. The wadis evaporate in warm water, they disappear from their channels in hot weather. Caravans turn away from their roots, go up into the desert and perish. The caravans of Tima look for these streams, the travelling merchants of Sheba hope for them. They are ashamed because they have been confident of finding water. When they arrive there, they are frustrated. So this is what you have now become to me. When you see something dreadful, you are afraid. Have I ever said, give me something or pay a bribe for me from your wealth, or deliver me from the enemy's power, or redeem me from the grasp of the ruthless? Teach me and I will be silent. Help me understand what I did wrong, how painful honest words can be. But what does your rebuke prove? Do you think that you can disprove my words or that a despairing man's words are mere wind? No doubt you would cast lots for a fatherless child and negotiate a price to sell your friend. But now, please look at me. Would I lie to your face? Reconsider, don't be unjust. Reconsider, my righteousness is still the issue. Am I lying or can I not recognise lies? End of day five. Day six, Job 7 verse 1 to twelve twenty-five. Isn't mankind consigned to forced labour on earth? Are not his days like those of a hired hand? Like a slave he longs for shade. Like a hired man he waits for his pay. So I have been made to inherit months of futility and troubled nights that have been assigned to me. When I lie down I think, when will I get up? But the evening drags on endlessly and I toss and turn until dawn. My flesh is clothed with maggots and encrusted with dirt. My skin forms scabs and then oozes. My days pass more swiftly than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is but a breath. My eye will never again see anything good. The eye of anyone who looks on me will no longer see me. Your eyes will look for me, but I will be gone. As a cloud fades away and vanishes, so the one who goes down to Sheol will never rise again. He will never return to his house. His hometown will no longer remember him. Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. 
I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or a sea monster that you keep me under guard? When I say my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my complaint, then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions, so that I may prefer strangling death rather than this life in this body. I give up. I will not live forever. Leave me alone for my days or a breath. What is man that you should think so highly of him and pay so much attention to him? You inspect him every morning and put him to the test every moment. Will you ever look away from me or leave me alone until I swallow my saliva? If I have sin, what I have done to you, watcher of my kind. Why have you made me your target so that I have become a burden to you? Why not forgive my sin and pardon my transgression? For soon I will lie down in the grave. You will eagerly seek me, but I will be gone. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, How long will you go on saying these things? Your words are a blast of wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? Since your children sinned against him, he gave them over to their rebellion. But if you earnestly seek God and ask the Almighty for mercy, if you are pure and upright, then he will move even now on your behalf and restore the home where your righteousness dwells. Then, even if your beginnings were modest, your final days will be full of prosperity. For ask the previous generation and pay attention to what their fathers discovered, since we were born only yesterday and know nothing. Our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and speak from their understanding? Does papyrus grow where there is no marsh? Do reeds flourish without water? While still uncut shoots, they would open and dry up quicker than any other plant. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. The hope of the godless will perish. His source of confidence is fragile. What he trusts in is a spider's web. He leans on his web, but it doesn't stand firm. He grabs it, but it does not hold up. He is an amply watered plant in the sunshine. His shoots spread out over his garden. His roots are intertwined around a pile of rocks. He looks for a home among the stones. If he is uprooted from his place, it will deny knowing him, saying, I never saw you. Surely this is the joy of his way of life, yet others will sprout from the dust. Look, God does not reject a person of integrity, and he will not support evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with a shout of joy. Your enemies will be clothed with shame. The tent of the wicked will exist no longer. Then Job answered, Yes, I know what you've said is true, but how can a person be justified before God? If one wanted to take him to court, he could not answer God once in a thousand times. God is wise and all-powerful. Who can oppose him and come out unharmed? He removes mountains without their knowledge, overturning them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place so that its pillars tremble. He commands the sun not to shine and seals off the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He makes the stars the bear, Orion and Pleiades and the constellations of the southern sky. He performs great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. If he passes me by, I wouldn't see him. If he goes right by, I wouldn't recognise him. If he snatches something, who can stop him? Who can ask him, what are you doing? God does not hold back his anger. Rahab's assistant cringes in fear beneath him. How then can I answer him or choose my arguments against him? Even if I were in the right, I could not answer. I could only beg my judge for mercy. If I summoned him and he answered me, I do not believe he would pay attention to what I said. He batters me with a whirlwind and multiplies my wounds without cause. He doesn't let me catch my breath, but soaks me with bitter experiences. 
if it is a matter of strength, look, he is the mighty one. If it is a matter of justice, who can summon him? Even if I were in the right, my own mouth would condemn me. If I were blameless, my mouth would declare me guilty. Though I am blameless, I no longer care about myself. I renounce my life. It is all the same, therefore I say, he destroys both the blameless and the wicked. When disaster brings sudden death, he mocks the despair of the innocent. The earth is handed over to the wicked. He blindfolds its judges. If it isn't he, then who is it? My days fly by faster than a runner. They flee without seeing any good. They sweep by like boats made of papyrus, like an eagle swooping down on its prey. If I said, I will forget my complaint, change my expression and smile, I would still live in terror of all my pains. I know you will not acquit, acquit me. Since I will be found guilty, why should I labour in vain? If I wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye, then you dip me in a pit of mud and my own clothes despise me. For he is not a man like me, that I can answer him, that we can take each other to court. There is no one to judge between us, to lay his hand on both of us. Let him take his rod away from me, so that his terror will no longer fright me. Then I would speak and not fear him. But that is not the case. I am on my own. I am disgusted with my life. I will express my complaint and speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not declare me guilty. Let me know why you prosecute me. It is good for you to oppress, to reject the work of your hands and favour the plans of the wicked. Do you have eyes of flesh or do you see as a human sees? Are your days like those of a human or your years like those of a man that you look for my wrongdoing and search for my sin, even though you know I am not wicked and there is no one who can deliver me from your hand? Your hands shape me and form me. Will you now turn around and destroy me? Please remember that you form me like clay. Will you now return me to the dust? Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? You clothed me with skin and flesh and wove me together with bones and tendons. You gave me life and faithful love and your care has guarded my life. Yet you concealed these thoughts in your heart. I know that this was your hidden plan. If I sin, you would notice and would not acquit me of my wrongdoing. If I am wicked, woe to me. And even if I am righteous, I cannot lift up my head. I am filled with shame and aware of my affliction. If I am proud, you hunt me like a lion and again display your miraculous power against me. You produce new witnesses against me and multiply your anger towards me. Hardships assault me, wave after wave. Why did you bring me out of the womb? I should have died and never been seen. I wish I had never existed, but I've been carried from the womb to the grave. Are my days not few? Stop it. Leave me alone so that I can smile a little before I go to a land of darkness and gloom never to return. It is a land of blackness, like the deepest darkness, gloomy and chaotic, where even the light is like the darkness. Then Zophar, the Nahamite, replied, Should this stream of words go unanswered, such a talker be acquitted? Should your babbling put others to silence so that you can keep on ridiculing with no one to humiliate you? You have said my teaching is sound and I am pure in your sight. But if only God would speak and declare his case against you. He would show you the secrets of wisdom, for true wisdom has two sides. Know then that God has chosen to overlook some of your sin. Can you fathom the depths of God or discover the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. 
If he passes by and throws someone in prison or convenes a court, who can stop him? Surely he knows which people are worthless. If he sees iniquity, will he not take note of it? But a stupid man will gain understanding as soon as a wild donkey is born a man. As for you, if you redirect your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer, if there is iniquity in your hand, remove it, and don't allow injustice to dwell on your tents. Then you will hold your head high, free from fault. You will be firmly established and non-afraid, for you will forget your suffering, recalling it only as waters that have flowed by. Your life will be brighter than noonday, its darkness will be like the morning. You will be confident because there is hope. You will look carefully about and lie down in safety. You will lie down without fear and many will seek your favour, but the sight of the wicked will fail. Their way of escape will be cut off and their only hope will be to die. Then Job answered, No doubt you are the people and wisdom will die with you. But I also have a mind. I am not inferior to you. Who doesn't know the things that you are talking about? I am a laughing stock to my friends. By calling on God, who answers me? The righteous and upright man is a laughing stock. The one who is at ease holds calamity and contempt and thinks it is prepared for those whose feet are slipping. The tents of the robbers are safe and those who provoke God are secure. God's power provides us. But ask the animals and they will instruct you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth and it will instruct you. Let the fifth fish of the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? The life of every living thing is in his hand, as well as the breath of all mankind. Doesn't the ear test words as the palate tastes food? Wisdom is found with the elderly, and understanding comes with long life. Wisdom and strength belong to God. Counsel and understanding are his. Whatever he tears down cannot be rebuilt. Whoever he imprisons cannot be released. When he withholds the waters, everything dries up, and when he releases them, they destroy the land. True wisdom and power belong to him. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counsellors aware barefoot and makes judges go mad. He releases the bonds, put on kings, and ties a cloth around their waists. He leads priests away barefoot and overthrows established leaders. He deprives trusted advisers of speech and takes away the elders' good judgment. He pours out contempt on nobles and disarms the strong. He reveals mysteries from the darkness and brings the deepest darkness into the light. He makes nations great and then destroys them. He enlarges nations then leads them away. He deprives the world's leaders of reasons and makes them wander in a trackless wasteland. They grope around in darkness without light. He makes them stagger like drunken men. The end of day six. Day seven. Job 13 verse 1 through to 18 verse 21. Job says, Look, my eyes have seen all this. My ears have heard and understood it. Everything you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you. Yet I prefer to speak to the Almighty and argue my case before God. But you quote the truth with lies. You are all worthless doctors. If only you would shut up and let that be your wisdom. Hear now my argument and listen to my defence. Would you testify unjustly on God's behalf or speak deceitfully for him? Would you show partiality to him or argue the case in his defence? Would it go well if he examined you? Could you deceive him as you would deceive a man? Surely he would rebuke you if you secretly showed partiality. Where would God's majesty not terrify you? Would his dread not fall on you? Your memorable sayings are proverbs of ash. Your defences are made of clay. 
Be quiet and I will speak. Let whatever comes happen to me. Why do I put myself at risk and take my life in my own hands? Even if he kills me, I will hope in him. I will still defend my ways before him. Yes, this was this will result in my deliverance, for no godless person can appear before him. Pay close attention to my words. Let my declaration ring in your ears. Now then, I have prepared my case. I know that I am right. Can anyone indict me? If so, I will be silent and die. Only grant those two things to me, God, so that I will not have to hide from your presence. Remove your hand from me, and do not let your terror frighten me. Then call and I will answer, or I will speak and you can respond to me. How many iniquities and sins have I committed? Reveal to me my transgression and sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Will you frighten the wind-driven leaf? Will you chase after dry straw? For you record bitter accusations against me, and make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. You put my feet in the stocks and stand watch over all my paths, setting a limit for the soles of my feet. Man wears out like something rotten, like a moth-eaten garment. Man born of woman is, is short of days and full of trouble. He blossoms like a flower, then withers. He flees like a shadow and does not last. Do you really take notice of one like this? Will you bring me into judgment against you? Who can produce something pure from what is impure? No one. Since man's days are determined and the number of his months depends on you, and since you have set limits he cannot pass, Look away from him and let him rest, so that he can enjoy his day like a hired hand. There is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its shoots will not die. If it grows old in the ground and its stump starts to die in the soil, the smell of water makes it thrive and produce twigs like a sapling. But a man dies and fades away. He breathes his last. Where is he? As water disappears from the sea and a wadi becomes parched and dry, so man lies down, never to rise again. They will not wake up until the heavens are no more. They will not stir from their sleep. If only you would hide me in Sheol and conceal me until your anger passes, that you would appoint a time for me and then remember me. When a man dies, will he come back to life? If so, I would wait all the days of my struggle until my relief comes. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. For then you would count my steps, but would not take note of my sin. My rebellion would be sealed up in a bag, and you would cover over my iniquity. But as a mountain collapses and crumbles, and a rock is dislodged from its place, as water wears away stone and torrents wash away the soil from the land, so you destroy a man's hope. You completely overpower him, and he passes on. You change his appearance and send him away. If his sons receive honour, he does not know it. If they become insignificant, he is unaware of it. He feels only the pain of his own body and mourns only for himself. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Does a wise man answer with empty counsel, or fill himself with the hot east wind? Should he argue with useless talk, or with words that serve no good purpose? But you even undermine the fear of God, and hinder meditation before him. Your iniquity teaches you what to say, and you choose the language of the crafty, your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. Were you the first person ever born, or were you brought forth before the hills? Do you listen in on the counsel of God, or have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we don't? What do you understand that is not clear to us? Both the grey-haired and the elderly are with us, men older than your father. 
Are God's consolations not good enough for you, even with words that deal gently with you? Why has your heart misled you, and why do your eyes flash as you turn your anger against God and allow such words to leave your mouth? What is man that he should be born, or one born of woman that he should be righteous? If God puts no trust in his holy ones and the heavens are not pure in his sight, how much less one who is revolting and corrupt, who drinks injustice like water? Listen to me and I will inform you. I will describe what I have seen, what was declared by wise men and was not suppressed by their ancestors. The land was given to them alone where no foreigner passed among them. A wicked man writhes in pain all his days. Few years are stored up for the ruthless. Dreadful sounds fill his ears. When he is at peace, a robber attacks him. He doesn't believe he will return from darkness. He is destined for the sword. He wanders about for food, saying, Where is it? He knows the day of darkness is at hand. Trouble and distress terrify him, overwhelming him like a king prepared for battle. For he has stretched out his hand against God and has acted arrogantly opposed the Almighty. He rushes headlong at him with his thick studded shields. Though his face is covered with fat and his waistline bulges with it, he will dwell in ruined cities, in abandoned houses destined to become piles of rubble. He will no longer be rich. His wealth will not endure. His possessions will not spread over the land. He will not escape from the darkness. Flames will wither his shoots, and he will depart by the breath of God's mouth. Let him not put trust in worthless things, being led astray, for what he gets in exchange will prove worthless. It will be accomplished before his time, and his branch will not flourish. He will be like a vine that drops its unripe grapes, and like an olive tree that sheds its blossoms. For the company of the godless will be barren, and fire will consume the tents of those who offer bribes. They conceive trouble, and give birth to evil, their womb prepares deception. Then Job answered, I have heard many things like these. You are all miserable comforters. Is there no end to your empty words? What provokes you that you should continue testifying? If you were in my place, I could also talk like you. I could string words together against you and shake my head at you, but I wouldn't. I would encourage you with my mouth, and the consolation from my lips would bring relief. Even if I speak, my suffering is not relieved. And if I hold back, what have I lost? Surely he has now exhausted me. You have devastated my entire family. You have shriveled me up. It has become a witness. My frailty rises up against me and testifies to my face. His anger tears at me and he harasses me. He gnashes his teeth at me. My enemy pierces me with his eyes. They open their mouths against me and strike my cheeks with contempt. They join themselves together against me. For God hands me over to unjust men. He throws me into the hands of the wicked. I would at ease, but he shattered me. He seized me by the scruff of the neck and smashed me to pieces. He set me up as his target. His archers surround me. He pierces my kidneys without mercy and pours my bile on the ground. He breaks through my defences again and again. He charges at me like a warrior. I have sewn sackcloth over my skin. I have buried my strength in the dust. My face has grown red with weeping and the shadow of death covers my eyes. Although my hands are free from violence and my prayer is pure. Earth, do not cover my blood. May my cry for help find no resting place. Even now my witness is in heaven and my advocate is in the heights. My friends scoff at me as I weep before God. 
I wish that someone might attribute between a man and God, just as a man pleads for his friend. For only a few years will pass before I go the way of no return. My spirit is broken. My days are extinguished. A graveyard awaits me. Surely mockers surround me and my eyes must gaze at their rebellion. Make arrangements. Put up security for me. Who else will be my sponsor? You have closed their minds to understanding. Therefore, you will not honour them. If a man informs in his friends for a price, the eyes of his children will fail. He has made me an object of scorn to the people. I have become a man people spit at. My eyes have grown dim from grief and my whole body has become but a shadow. The upright are appalled at this and the innocent are roused against the godless. Yet the righteous person will hold to his way and the one whose hands are clean will grow stronger. But come back and try again, all of you. I will not find a wise man among you. My days have slipped by, my plans have been ruined, even the things dear to my heart. They turned night into day and made light seem near in the face of darkness. If I await Sheol as my home, spread out my bed in the darkness and say to the pit, You are my father and to the worm, my mother or my sister, where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? Will it go down to the gates of Sheol or will we descend together to the dust? Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, How long until you stop talking? Show some sense and then we can talk. Why are we regarded as cattle as stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself in anger, should the earth be abandoned in your account? Or a rock be removed from its place? Yes, the light of the wicked is extinguished. Its flame of his fire does not grow low. The light in his tent grows dark and the lamp beside him is put out. His powerful stride is shortened and his own schemes trip him up. For his own feet lead him into a net and he strays into its mesh. A trap catches him by the heel. A noose seizes him. A rope lies hidden for him in the ground and a snare waits for him along the path. Terrors frighten him on every side and harass him at every step. His strength is depleted. Disaster lies ready for him to stumble. Parts of his skin are eaten away. Death's firstborn consumes his limbs. He is ripped from the security of his tent and marched away to the king of terrors. Nothing he owned remains in his tent. Burning sulphur is scattered over his home. His roots below dry up and his branches above wither away. All memory of him perishes from the earth. He has no name abroad. He is driven from light to darkness and chased from the inhabited world. He has no children or descendants among his people. No survivor where he used to live. Those in the west are appalled at his fate, while those in the east tremble in horror. Indeed, such is the dwelling of the wicked, and this is the place of the one who does not know God. The end of day seven, and the end of the first week. <laughs>